0: We're in a three-part series, uh, in a series entitled, It's a Wonderful Life, Because He Came. It's an obvious takeoff on the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And last week, I asked all three services how many people have seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And you know, I knew a lot of people were gonna raise their hands, but I was stunned. In all three services, how many people raised their hands, of various ages raised their hands, that had seen that movie and I just thought, hey, that's kind of cool. In the first of the series, we were really talking about hopelessness because in the movie there's three distinct themes and all three themes find their way right there in scripture around this season of Christmas. And the first one was about a hopelessness. There is George Bailey, who is the sort of the key character, and he has given all of his life to helping other people. He could have taken the money from the savings and loan. He could have lined his pockets. No, he kept giving it away. He kept helping other people in that town. And now it, it's like everything caves in. It's Christmas Eve, and all of a sudden there's a shortfall in the bank, but it wasn't his fault, and we who've seen the movie know whose fault it was, but he took the punishment. He, he took it on himself, and here comes the bank examiner. Here comes the, the sheriff, and they're going to take him away to jail on Christmas Eve, and there is a sense of total hopelessness that he feels, and you remember, in that moment of hopelessness, He prays. You remember that? And God answers his prayer. God sends to him Clarence. Take a look at this video.
1: I didn't have time to get some stylish underwear. Wife gave me this on my last birthday. <laughs> I passed away in it. Oh, Tom Sawyer's drying out too. You should read the new book Mark Twain's writing now. How did you happen to fall in? I didn't fall in. I jumped in to save George. You what? You're to save me? Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Oh, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah, it's against the law where I come from, too. Oh. where do you come from? Heaven? I had to away, quickly. That's why I jumped in. I knew if I were drowning, you'd try to save me. You see, you did. And that's how I saved you. Uh, uh, very funny. Your lips bleeding, George. Yeah. I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer a little bit ago. Oh, no, 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 George. I'm the answer to your prayer. That's why I was sent down here. How'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. I've watched you grow up from a little boy. are you, a mind reader or something? (laughs) Well, who are you, then? Clarence Oddbody, AS2. Oddbody. AS2. What's that, AS2? Angel, second class.
0: You remember in the story that uh, after this scene that George says to Clarence, I wish I would have never been born. You ever wish that? I just wish I'd have never been born. And so Clarence grants the wish. And all of a sudden, George has never been born. Now he's alive But he has no family, he has no history. He has no parents, he has no brothers or sisters. He has no wife, no children. It's all gone. And everyone he's ever known, no one knows him now. It's as though he's never been born. And what happens with George is suddenly he begins to realize the impact he's made in his life. He had a brother, and the brother had fallen into a pond and almost drowned, but George had rescued him. But now George is not there, and his brother dies. And there were others that George had rescued, and now there's no one to rescue them. And he begins to see the whole town change for the worse, and he begins to realize, I mattered more my life, my life has mattered more than I ever realized. And I'm here to tell you today the same is true about you. You have mattered more than you realize. You have impacted more people than you realize. You have made a greater difference in your family than you've realized at your school than you realize at your job then you realize you have made a powerful difference. And oftentimes we live our life and we don't even know. And then there's a sense of we have, I don't really matter. It wouldn't have mattered if I'd never lived. But the truth is, it has mattered. It has mattered more than you've realized. I don't want to talk to you about that today. But what I want to talk to you about is how to fast track to become intentional I'm asking you today to become intentional in your life in impacting the lives of others, to be more deliberate in your life in impacting the lives of others. A few weeks ago, we had our missions banquet, and the the whole idea of the missions banquet this year was how ordinary people are used by God in extraordinary ways through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we heard one testimony after another. I want to tell you, I was totally taken aback. I was stunned because I didn't know what was going to happen. And one person after another in our church started talking about how they'd not really been involved in that missions and those kinds of things before, but they began to feel God was leading them. And all of a sudden they discovered they could do things they never dreamed of being able to do before. And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to these stories. I'm telling you, I'm so impacted. And then I began to realize, yes, this has been happening in missions at Sugar Creek across the board, but it has also been happening in every other area of our church. I think about our connect groups in our church. I think about the little three-year-olds and and maybe those who are working with the three-year-olds. And maybe you go home every, every Sunday and think, well, I didn't make any difference in their life. And they probably don't remember anything. But actually, you are beginning to form things in their heart that you didn't realize. You are making a difference. Or maybe the, the third graders, or, or, or maybe the, the middle schoolers, or maybe adult group, and you study, and you prepare, and you try your hardest, you want to lead in your best way. And then after a while, you start thinking, well, they don't even hear, they don't even remember anything I ever said. They don't, they, I'm not really making much of a difference. I'm not that great. But actually, but actually... You're making a profound difference in the lives of individuals and you don't know all the things that God is using you to do to impact their life. And the truth is, that is true wherever it is you're serving. Maybe you're a greeter and you're you're welcoming people. They walk in the door and you smile and you shake their hand. What's the big deal about that? But you don't know what their week has been like. You don't know the moment right now that it mattered that you shook their hand, that you smiled, at them that you made them feel like I belong here the truth is every single one of us in this room God is using in ways in which we don't understand but here is the truth what I'm wanting to do today is that I'm wanting us to become more intentional you know what I've discovered there's like a million different things, opportunities that you and I have every single day. We don't even realize that we're just going about our day. Maybe it's opening the door for someone. Maybe it's smiling at someone. Maybe it is just saying some encouraging word to someone. And you and I, along the pathway of our day, we have more opportunities than we're realizing. But now, what I'm hoping will happen is that you will become awakened Every day, oh God, use me today. I want to be intentional to touch the lives in tiny little ways, in small ways. I want to be intentional with my life. God, use me in a greater way than I could imagine. There is two individuals in the Bible that are connect, connected to the Christmas story that most people don't connect to the Christmas story. When we think of the Christmas story, we think of um, well, we think of shepherds, right? We think of we think of the wise men. You do know that in Matthew chapter two, go back and read it. The wise men did not come for one to two years after Jesus was born. They were not at the manger. But between the shepherds and the wise men, there were two individuals that were very very special. Simeon and Anna, two ordinary people whose lives mattered more than they realized. When was the last time you saw a nativity set with Simeon and Anna right there? But eight days after Jesus was born. They took Jesus up to the temple to have him dedicated to the Lord, and that's where these two people come in. So let's look at what it says. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout man and was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and he had revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Here is this guy. He is a godly guy. He's, a, he's devoted to the Lord. Really, seriously, who knows him? And he's there at the temple, and he praises the Lord, and he worships God, and he is living a devout life to God, and the Holy Spirit comes to him and says, let me just tell you something. I am not going to let you die until you've been able to see with your own eyes the Messiah, the Messiah. All, every day is prayers about the Messiah, prayers for the Messiah. Let me tell you, I'm going to let you see him with your own two eyes. And then there is Anna. Luke chapter 2, verse 36 and 37. Anna, a prophetess. Now stop right there. Do you realize that in all of the discovered writings of mankind in whatever civilization you want to go find writings of? Uh, From All of those, all the way go back to the first century and beyond, there is not one set of writings except the New Testament that raises the value of women. The New Testament, all through the New Testament, if you're looking for, you see, it raises the value of women. And here is Anna, the prophetess, a prophetess, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Now, you did not hear that from me. The Bible said that, not me. I did not call her an old woman. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Her husband died seven years had been married, and then she never got married again. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. Eighty-four in first century was old. Eighty-four in 21st century is not old at all. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Here is Anna. And when her husband died, she had no children. She began to devote every part of her life to God. She was there in the temple Morning came, here comes Anna, and she prayed and and, uh, praised God. Anna was a prayer warrior. Anna was a prayer warrior. We have in this church prayer warriors. I've talked to many in this church that are prayer warriors. I don't know everybody that is. Just a few weeks ago, I met the dearest, sweetest woman, and she All this time she's been in this church, I've never talked to her, and we just happened to run into each other. And we talked a while, and this sweet woman told me she's prayed for me every single day. And she prays for this church and prays for our ministers. I didn't even know her. And here's what I want to say to all of our men and our women who are prayer warriors, and there are many in this room. Thank you so much for praying for your family. Thank you every day for praying for your family. Thank you for praying for me and praying for my family. Thank you for praying for our pastors and our ministers. Thank you for praying for our church. And day after day, you're praying for this church. Thank you so much. One day when we get to heaven, one day when we get to heaven and we see what the real impact is, I'm going to tell you what you're going to see. When you get to see the real impact of your life as a prayer warrior here's what you're going to discover. You made a a bigger impact at Sugar Creek Baptist Church than Mark Hartman ever did, than any other pastor ever did, than any deacon ever did, because what God is doing in this church is greater than all of us. It is the hand of God that is moving in this place, and what moves the hand of God is prayer. And those of you who are the prayer warriors have been praying down the power of God in this church day after day, week after week, month after month, but God sees. Though others don't know, God, God, God sees. God sees. And here is Simeon and Anna, and God saw. So notice what happens in Luke chapter 2, verse 27. Day, that day the Spirit led Simeon, him is, means Simeon, to the temple. Okay, Simeon, go back to the temple today. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God. The Holy Spirit said, Simeon, this is, this is the Messiah. This is him. He's come. And he took the child, Jesus, into his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. And then at that very moment, fast forward to verse 38, Anna came along just as Simeon was talking to Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God because the Holy Spirit said the same thing to her. You see, God didn't forget. God did not forget the impact of these two people. They are a part of the Christmas story. God kept his promise to them. And God is saying to you and me, you're making a bigger difference than you realize. Your impact is greater than you understand. So now my question is this, how can we put that in hyperdrive? How can we make an even greater difference and impact with our life? There are three things, very quickly, I want to share with you that I think can, God can use. The first is this, stay faithful in the small things every day. This is the key to Simeon and Anna. They stayed faithful in the small things every day. Other people prayed. Other people read the Bible. Other people did other things like that. Praise God. But every day, here is Simeon, here is Anna, and they're staying faithful to God every day. We we use the word life change in this church all the time. In our purpose statement, it's life change in Christ, and so... How do I know my life is changing? How do I know this is happening? Well, we have developed what we call life change indicators that when you can take a look at these indicators and you see yourself growing in them, hey, I'm changing. Hey, God is really bringing life change to me. And one of those indicators is actively practices spiritual disciplines. So here's what I'm going to say to you. First is this. Read the Bible every day. If it's the small things that actually causes us to make a greater impact, than we realize the first thing I want to say to you, the discipline I want you to build, is read the Bible every day. Not just on Sunday, not just every so often. I'm saying begin building a discipline in your life in which you read the Bible every day. In fact, I've already twice challenged you, read through the entire Bible in 2019 and get started now. Oh, it's just too much. I can't do that. Okay, start, restart the New Testament. Start now. Go read it through in 2019, the New Testament. I've also mentioned to you, look, there are many times when I'm driving, many, 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 many times that I'm listening to the Bible. You can hear the Bible spoken to you, read to you, on the way to work, on the way home. So here's what I recommend download U version of the Bible on your smartphone. There's go to apps, U version, download it, go to plans. It, it's so easy to follow. Find the plan you want to do and start you can have the Bible read to you and you will be stunned how much much you will learn I'm telling you when I hear the Bible it was written to be heard by the way when I hear the Bible I pick up things that I might not pick up when I read the Bible so give open up your mind and your heart to be willing to bring the Bible into your life every day there's some of you say look I don't want to do that I want the book in front of me and I want to read it just like this okay then I've also put in your notes there to type in just go to google or whatever daily bible readings plan printable dash image results not now after I finish preaching. Type this in and when you do what'll come up is all these plans. There's a billion different plans. Okay, read through the Bible or read the New Testament or read different books. There are plans. Hit which plan you want, print it out, fold it, put it in your Bible. Now you got your everyday plan, every everyday reading. Read the Bible every day. Second, pray every day. Share your heart with God. Listen to Him speak to you through His Word and learn how to pray His will. The more you take in the Bible, the more you'll understand the will of God, the more you will pray the will of God, and the more you will see the power of God through your prayers. The key to praying is praying the will of God. Third of all, obey what God tells you through His Word. I'm asking you, be more intentional. There's a million things, little things, tiny things. It means nothing things, but it means everything things. There are so many opportunities to be of acts of love and kindness toward God and toward others. Every single day, become more intentional. Every day, and you'll be stunned how much you are doing to matter. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 says this, whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. God sees. Notice this, people who live impactful lives do consistently what others do sporadically. The biggest difference you can make in your life is to do consistently what others do sporadically. Stay faithful in the small things every day. Second of all, do not make decisions based on how you feel, but based upon what God has said. George Bailey felt like he was an utter failure, and he wasn't. And here's the problem. Our feelings lie to us. I promise you this. The worst decisions you've ever made in your life, you made them following your feelings. Well, I felt this way, so I'm going to do it. It is the worst thing you can do in making decisions. It's not based upon how you feel. When we, get, we make decisions based on how we feel, that's when we usually go the wrong direction. Because our feelings lie to us. And so we feel great the moment we do it, and then it catches up to us, and we discover, boy, that was not the right decision. what i what i said to my sons as they were growing up what i've said to so many others is this phrase act your way into feeling don't feel your way into acting act your way into feeling don't feel your way into acting so what i mean by that our feelings lie to us we do so many wrong things by our feelings so You know what the right thing is. You're you're bringing in God's Word. You know what the right thing is. Do the right thing no matter how you feel, no matter if your feelings are screaming to do the other thing, because when you do the right thing, what happens is is that your feelings begin to get in line and catch up with your right actions. I'm going to tell you, it will transform marriages. Act your way into feeling instead of feeling your way into acting. Live by what God has spoken, not by what your feelings tell you. I had a pastor friend years ago. I'm never going to forget what he said to me, and I'm still quoting it. I've quoted it in this church before. Never doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. He has shown you so many things in the light. Never doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. Don't make decisions based on how you feel. Make your decisions based on what God has said. And here's the third one. Your life is having purpose. Your life, your life is having purpose. Even when you don't observe it. Others see it. God sees it. And what God wants to do is take you to another level, becoming intentional with acts of love and kindness toward God and others. The greatest thing, the greatest decision you could ever make is the decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. I hope you'll do that today. Right through the center doors and across the short for you, there is a room called Next Step Center. You'll see it as soon as you walk out the doors. And our ministers are there. And come and talk to one of our ministers. I want to know Jesus as my Savior. We're there for you. We'll help you. I want to join this church. We're there for you. I just want someone to pray for me. We'll be there for you, next step, center, in just a couple of moments. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you. We say thank you for all you've done and our, through our life and what you shall do and what, Father, you can do if we become more intentional in opening our heart to acts of love and kindness towards you and others. So, Father, move in our heart and change us. Use us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.